If you are trying to build a blogging affiliate site, I can almost guarantee that you are overwhelmed with stuff to do. And I mean guarantee because daily, I work with new bloggers and every time by default, they are feeling overloaded with the long list of stuff that needs to be done to build a blog that allows them to work less and earn more. And this isn't rocket science because when this happens, new bloggers are going to one, waste massive amounts of time working on a website and have absolutely nothing to show for it. And two, sometimes feel like a failure because doubt starts to creep in, which causes a lack of motivation and is an open door to getting easily distracted with life. Sound familiar? Well, you don't have to feel this way because you can visit blogbuilderpro.net. That's blogbuilderpro.net. And you'll watch a hyper quick training that will show you step-by-step -step how to fix this problem in literal minutes. And I am not exaggerating when I say just taking a few minutes to watch this hyper quick training that I'm trying to get you to watch here can save you months or even years worth of time. Because think about it. Think about all of the time that you have spent writing articles or finding ideas of what to write about. Think about the time spent putting articles on social media and just hoping that they go viral. Or the time spent designing and building a website, choosing colors, deciding on logos. Look, it is disturbing how much time I see new bloggers wasting and I don't like it. So again, go check out blogbuilderpro.net for a free hyper quick training and we will fix your overwhelm just like all of the bloggers and side hustlers that I have personally helped in the past. That's blogbuilderpro.net. Watch the free training and I'll see you there. If you take 10 blogs that are on the same subject and one of those blogs is written by someone who's passionate about it. I'm almost certain that that person is gonna to get to the first page while the other nine that are regurgitating the same info are just gonna get bumped down to page two, if they're lucky. And they're probably gonna get bumped down even more. So like I said, it ends up, it ends up becoming very um, just regressive altogether. You think you're chasing the profits and you see the money coming in and rolling in, but you're not even thinking about if you're passionate about it. That's, that's gonna come back to haunt you, it always does. Regular people are taking their passions and interests writing about it in a blog and making a living from it. But not everyone is successful. There is a right way to build a blog and a wrong way. And I am here to help you succeed with your online business. My name is Chris Miles, and this is the Blogger Evolution Podcast. Ah, uh, and welcome to the Blogger Evolution Podcast. My name is Chris Miles, wherever you are, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your day. And how is your week going? How are you doing today? We are back with another episode, episode 21. And the question that I have to lead off for you is this. What are your goals? What are your goals? You know, when I first got started with blogging, I had a simple goal. To make just enough money so that my wife could stay home with our son, Benji. I didn't have any real specific income goals because if getting my wife to be able to quit her job to stay home to take care of our son meant making an extra $2,000 a month or if it required making an extra $10,000 a month, I didn't care. I just needed enough money to reach that goal. But even with all of that, what was really most important to me was sustainability was an income that I could count on regardless of what was going on in the world. Now, there is no guarantees in life, and I can't necessarily say that blogging is a guarantee that you're going to always have an income. Because even having a regular 9-to-5 job is no guarantee that you're going to always have a job. You can break your leg tomorrow. You can get fired tomorrow. It just depends. But the cool thing about running your own online business by running your by being your own boss is the fact that you have much more control than what you would usually have if you were working for somebody else. And the greatest thing about running an online business, specifically with affiliate marketing and blogging, is that the income was very consistent. There was a sustainability factor there. You see, the problem with a lot of the opportunities to make money online, 
they usually give you quick wins, you know, or they'll give you a win that maybe you work really, really hard for and then get somewhat of a return. And then that way they can claim that it works, which it does. But then months later, that income can dry up. And God forbid you quit your job because of it. And then the money just dries up a few months later. Which is why I'm going to have on our podcast today, our interview is with a friend of mine and his name is Vitaly Gershfeld from HelpingHandAffiliate.com. Now, Vitaly has made over $1.4 million online pretty much just from blogging. And he's done this over the course of about a decade. I think I think a little bit more than a decade, which you'll find out in the interview. So yeah, blogging is sustainable, okay? This isn't something that you're going to try now and then maybe in a couple of months, you're like, you know what, this isn't gonna work. But it's even more than that. You can try it now and when you actually start having some success with it, a few years later, you're still going to be earning an income from your efforts. So let's not waste any more time. We're going to go ahead and jump right into this exciting interview that I had with Vitaly. Really, it was a chat. I keep saying interview, but it was really just a chat back and forth, you know, from two people in the industry. So I really hope that you enjoy what we're going to be talking about. As always, if you'd like to, you can jump to the last few minutes of the podcast so that you can get my takeaways from the chat. So let's go ahead, jump right in from Vital- with Vitaly Gershfeld from HelpingHandAffiliate.com. All right, so we are here with Vitaly Gershfeld from HelpingHandAffiliate.com. Now, Vitaly, in with blogging and affiliate marketing, he has made over $1.4 million in revenue since he's been uh, since he's gotten started. And we're talking about he's been in the business now for making money online over 15 years. So he's seen all the changing landscapes and everything when it comes to blogging and how you can make money online with affiliate marketing or however you want to do it. So let me go ahead and introduce him in. Thank you, Vitaly, so much for being on the podcast. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, no problem, no problem. So let me ask you this first question, I guess. Uh, how has the blogging landscape or the affiliate marketing bland- landscape changed since you started? Uh, well, the shortest way to explain it is people used to not take it seriously. They would just think of it as like, you know, my daily journal kind of thing. But you know, put it on the online world. But nowadays, blogs are so often ranked on Google and so often visited by the Google audience, which is millions and millions of people, that it's become a very serious uh, business opportunity for people, as well as a way to share their passions online. Yeah. So when you say people not taking it seriously, do you mean like the bloggers, the people who are writing the content or the people reading the content? Well, I mean, if I have a conversation with someone, let's let's be honest with you. If I talk to 100 people in the real world and they ask me what I do, I would, and I would tell them I'm a blogger, they would just kind of look at me strangely <laughs> like it's not a serious thing. And like at least 90 of them would in my experience. Uh, and then the other 10 would be like, oh, really interesting. Tell me more about that. And maybe only five or less of them would be like, oh, boy. I know exactly what he's talking about. Like, you know, keep it a secret, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> no, you know, that's really funny because... I, I always have the elevator pitch, and sometimes, a lot of times, people ask me, "Hey, what do you do?" And I tell them, "Well, I'm I'm a digital marketer. I'm a blogger. I'm a I, I sometimes have a hard time trying to, you know, kind of capsulize or tell people in 30 seconds or less exactly what I do because I can say so many words and so many terms, and they would have no idea what I'm talking about. And I mean, for example, people say, oh, it's saturated or online business of blogging is saturated. But I'm like, you know, if you go to school and you get a degree then you're going to be competing with a lot of people who want that same job or you got and then they say oh you need a masters or, or you need to get your mba or you need to get that you need to just keep going higher and higher just you, to you get be, into more debt to make less yeah you get more debt just to make less and you know when i'm walking around you know wherever i happen to be i run into somebody who might be a doctor i run into somebody who works at an office or yada yada, yada. i don't often run into people who are digital marketers or who are <laughs> online people and that's because it's weird, man. Very few people do it, and very few people, even less, do it successfully. And as far as I'm concerned, that's a great thing. You were just mentioning about how you run into people with the elevator pitch. When people ask me what I do, I just tell them, oh, I'm an affiliate marketer or I'm an online marketer. And then I just kind of wait and see what they say because I kind of like looking at their expressions of confusion, like, oh, where do I segue from here? You know, it's kind of funny to see what they're going to try to do. 
But if they're interested, they'll let me know. And if they're not, I mean, what's the point of going on with that conversation? Well, yeah, I mean, marketing really is a whole world that a lot of people have no idea even exists because they don't see the the uh, all of the numbers and the nuances that you might put a person through when they see a blog post, they'll just read it and say, oh, just help me out with my problem. But the fact that the blog post wants them to click here and go buy this, they actually get a commission from that, which is which all of this weird, you know, the, uh, the FCC wanting everyone to put, you know, uh, disclaimers everywhere nowadays so that people know that kind of thing. But anyway, let's uh, let's dive deeper into this. Now, one thing that you've done really specifically with your blog is that you've been able to really kind of compound the amount of money that you've been able to make with pay traffic now usually with brand new bloggers i don't recommend paid traffic but what do you say when it comes to that yeah absolutely do not get into paid traffic if you're a new (laughs) blogger don't don't do it man it's 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 a really bad idea unless you were a very experienced marketer so for example in my case i did a little bit of article directory writing which is what the blogging world was technically like 15 years ago but then article directories died out and moved start started moving into the blogging sphere and then I started doing PPC ads successfully. So I moved away from blogging and then I got back into it. So I was already experienced in the marketing world when I got back into doing blogging very seriously. If you're new to blogging, do not get into PPC ads. Uh, do, just don't do it. That's what <laughs> wait, I'm going to say. So, wait, so you're telling me I can't just build a website, write one article and then just, you know, boost it on Facebook or something? I mean, you can do all that, but you're probably going to lose a lot of money. So unless you're ready to lose money, and that's what I tell people, do not get into paid ads because the, the learning curve is extremely steep. And very. It, it's almost like hitting the lotto, man. Like you, you, I can even give you the potential numbers that you need to put in to get that winning lottery ticket. It's a whole nother ball game when you try to get involved in it because there's just so many little things about PPC that it's just just don't do it that's the, that's the main point man. <laughs> all right so what should people what should people do then rather than pay to ads? how else are they going to get traffic to their sites so your first mindset should be list out niches that you really like that's, uh-huh. that's what i personally believe and then really go through the list and start with just one the one that you are most passionate about don't even think about the money just go start with the passion then filter out with the ones that you're most passionate about, which ones are popular too. So for example, I like drones. I like martial arts. I like uh, just different types of subjects like that. So what I'll do is I will cross-examine the things I'm most passionate about with the niche market that's the biggest there. And then, you know, if I have a passionate niche in a, in a profitable market, that's what I'm going to start my blog on. And then the whole point is share the passion through the blog intelligently. Write about the content that interests you most about whatever subject you chose. If it's drones, I'm going to write about drone reviews. I'm going to write about drone topics. And because you know so much about it, it's much easier to blog about it because you're an expert in it. And that really cures the whole writing writer's block issue that a lot of bloggers have. So that's, that's what I'd say. So that's basically your formula for when you are creating a new site? Yes. Yes. Uh, it really takes you further, man, because I've been on both sides of the aisle where I start a blog on something I'm not passionate about, but I know it's profitable versus something I know I'm, uh, I'm passionate about and is also profitable. It's way better to be on this side than on this side, because here you it's just a matter of time before you run out of those ideas. And you need to blog a lot if you're going to be successful in it. So, yeah. yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I remember <laughs> a long, and you actually, you could relate with this one, man, because I started a website on uh, uh, boxing gloves. And to be honest, you know, I don't know a ton about box, boxing gloves, but I I saw kind of some opportunity there. And I knew that there, were, there wasn't a lot of good articles out there on it. So I went ahead and launched a site. I made a few bucks with it. I'm not going to say I made a ton of bucks with it. And actually, I mean, this, I kind of let the site die because the traffic and the income really died on it. But to, to be honest, I wasn't passionate about it. I may have got 12 to 15 articles in, maybe, and just kind of lost interest in it. So I didn't follow the, the passion and then popular part. I think it was popular, but it definitely wasn't a passion for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how most people come to the same conclusions that we're talking about right now. Yeah. They got to go through the bad experiences to get to the good ones. The problem is when they start, they're pitched you know, find the most profitable niche, but the most profitable niche might not necessarily be something that you're passionate about. So you end up looking at it like some kind of dead end job where you don't know where it's going to go or how it's going to do. And it's just like, Oh, I got to get this blog out today. I don't know what I'm going to write about. And when you write about it, it's like, I just want to write enough words to, to rank. And when you don't have that passion, the content sucks. 
And so it ends up being very regressive in terms of how well the blog becomes. Don't get me wrong. Like I had the same experiences. Like I also had more than a few blogs that were popular uh, and made a little bit of money, but because the passion wasn't there, that's like 90% of the whole process in my experience. So that's huge. Yeah. I mean, I've noticed that people really can tell you you were just saying if the passion's not there and you're just regurgitating what you found when you Google online, that's not good for uh, user experience, right? And if the user experience isn't there, you know, Google is going to eventually notice that when people are getting to your site and not being helped with what it is that you're writing, you know, so Uh, definitely I agree. The passion has to be there. Absolutely, man. Because, you know, if you take 10 blogs that are on the same subject and one of those blogs is written by someone who's passionate about it. I'm almost certain that that person is going to get to the first page while the other nine that are regurgitating the same info are just going to get bumped down to page two if they're lucky. And they're probably going to get bumped down even more. So like I said, it ends up up becoming very um, just regressive altogether. You think you're chasing the profits and you see the money coming in and rolling in, but you're not even thinking about if you're passionate about it. And that's, that's going to come back to haunt you. It always does. Yeah, and I always say you have to live your passion. You know, you have to be doing it because you're going to come up with questions and concerns and stuff that you may have never ran into if you weren't actively doing it day after day. And then you have the whole uh, time period from the time that it takes for you to launch the blog to when you actually start getting traffic, then eventually start getting money. If you're not passionate about it, you're going to end up giving up because that's what most people end up doing. Um, Let me ask you this. How long... If you remember, since it was 15 years ago, how long was it from you from the time that you started to the time that you actually made like your first dollar online? Do you remember? It was somewhere between two to three years. Really? Yeah. Well, tell me about that experience. How did you keep pushing through? <laughs> I was very stubborn and I was uh, I didn't want to have a normal. Well, OK, so I'll start from the beginning. This is a story I tell every time. It was, it's true. So I was 19. I was, uh, it was my first semester in uh, college, my freshman year. And uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. I, you know, I had these expectations, you know, of be a doctor, be a lawyer or go into something that you're not happy about. And uh, I was just at a crossroads. So I was sitting in a lab. And at the time, I was just thinking about how do I pay for school? How do I pay for college? I didn't want to take out loans. I had financial aid at the time. And uh, I came across this ebook that was telling me about how you can channel what you're passionate about, which at the time for me was like natural ways to uh, just, you know, heal the body and so like natural alternatives to medicine, that kind of stuff. And uh, I was like, oh, I, I can write an ebook on it and then I can promote that ebook and make good money off it. I'll be, you know, sitting on the beach, you know, uh, <laughs> relaxing and all that kind the of laptop stuff. laptop lifestyle, really, huh? <laughs> yeah, and I put a lot of work into it. I wasn't saying anything that was, you know, not factual. I was also writing a disclaimer. I was making sure that everything was properly written. Um, and when I finished writing it, uh, the same person that I bought that ebook from, uh, he basically he, he basically gave you a landing page to sell that ebook from, and then he had a website where you could sell that stuff on. The problem was that was an internet marketing page, and I was selling a book about natural uh, ways to get rid of problems. So yeah, I, oh, uh, here's, here's the funny thing. This is my first major failure. I got one person to buy the book twice accidentally. Wait, so what? I refunded <laughs> one of those ebook sales to him because I had to keep it on. And so I ended up making one sale in the process from this. And it was, it was devastating, dude. I think yeah, I, I was really devastated at the time. I laugh about it now, but at the time, man, like it contributed to my baldness for sure. So <laughs> So what is it that kept you going? Like, was the, I mean, gosh, the the time period that you're saying here and then running into like a major wall like that, most people would just be like, OK, I'm done. Let me go back and get a nine to five job. What kept pushing you? Well, for starters, I, um, I, I, I did quit for a little bit for a couple of weeks, let the emotions air out, so to say. Yeah. And uh, as I started going back to school and going through regular life, I came back to that initial crossroads that I was at that I was talking about before, which was what the hell am I going to do with my life? You know what I mean? And uh, back then it kind of uh, made me think like, you know what? I did this wrong and uh, I know I could do this better. And at the time, the same person that also sold me that product, he had a forum and I was asking questions and I was very fortunate to have like one or two people give me good guidance. 
And one of them introduced me to um, article marketing, which at the time, your visitors know, it was this process of writing articles on these large article directory websites on whatever subject you were interested in, and they would get ranked high in Google. And I actually learned about it. It was called bum marketing. I learned it from Travis Sago, which was just another word for article marketing. But bum marketing is a lot easier to sell because it's just a lot better clickbait. So I was doing bum marketing for a while, and that's how I was making the money. It was about... Um, uh, maybe like two to three years after I started the whole uh, e ebook thing, uh, because there was like, you know, school and work and just regular life that was getting in the way. And so I started making money from that. And it was the passion for, you know what, there's got to be a better way. I know I can do this. And I just kept imagining to myself how great it would be when I could sit at home, type, write up, do everything that I wanted to do and pay for school. So that was is what kept me going because you, you asked me that earlier. Yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense. The, um, are you talking about like those e-zines that, that used to be online? Yeah. <laughs> e-zine e articles, Squidoo, Hub Pages. Those were those were all the rage back in the day. You could write a 300-word article, get ranked on the first page of Google, and then you could directly link to whatever it is that you were promoting. Later on, they became a bit more uh, strict about it, so you had yeah. to link it to a landing page. So I had to learn how to build websites, landing pages, uh, squeeze pages where you collect emails and so on and so forth. But uh, I, I did get into article marketing towards like the latter part of the golden age of article marketing. Right. Right. No, I remember, man, I remember those days. Cause I remember trying to, I, I wasn't trying to make money at the time. I remember just trying to find answers to questions that I had and Google was this new dot com that just popped up and everyone was saying, Hey, you go use Google. Cause it's a good search engine. I was still using like ask Jeeves and Lycos and all of those places. And you search for something and it was just these, weird e-zine articles that weren't helpful at all it, it was a, that was a terrible time <laughs> for for well, a consumer for yeah, a consumer that's, yeah that, that's why they took a hit man i mean you you eventually had enough people hear about the loophole of writing on these article directories and so as google started to evolve and uh not necessarily mandate but want to see higher quality content e-zine articles and other article directories took a major hit so you know, people that saw the writing on the wall, they had to switch to blogging. That became the next article marketing, but on your own platform, basically, your blog, that is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, that's one of the cool things that, at least in my opinion, Google has been doing very well. Like, back in the day, there were so many ways in which you can game the system. And we're not saying that you can't game the system today, but it's a lot harder. Google is a million times as smart as it was five years ago, 10 years ago. And as a result, now it's actually better for people like us who do create good content because it's easier for our content to get to the first page because we are easily sifting through a lot of the trash that's out there that Google is like, it's reaching. You know, I remember asking Google a question a few weeks ago and some of the answers were not even close to what it was I was looking for. And to most consumers, that's a frustration. But for us marketers, we see opportunity, you know, and that's just a chance right there for us to create some content and really do something with. So what do you think about that? Well, just imagine for a second that you're really passionate about, let's say, the subject of drones, and that's your niche. And you go to Google and you type in these different questions about drones and stuff. And like you said, you're getting ridiculous answers that have absolutely no relevancy towards what you're looking for. And you could look at that and say, wow, I could just totally write information that answers whatever question I was typing into Google and get a huge search audience interested in drones to my blog and build a business out of that. So that's where I would see the opportunity. It's basically the same thing that you're saying, but in like my own understanding of it. So yeah, absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about. To this day, I still type in stuff and I see these answers that Google gives in like their snippets and stuff. And I'm just like, this this has absolutely no relevancy to what I'm looking for. And of course, that brings up the whole you know window of opportunity to write the content that answers that question. Yeah. Now, in terms of blogging to remain as consistent as you have been over the years, what are some tips that you might have? What are some hacks that you might be using to be able to continue doing what you're doing versus, oh man, I got to go get another job or something? <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. I mean, if you're in a position right now where you're trying to put all your eggs into blogging and you're, you don't have any source of income coming in, you're making a huge mistake, especially nowadays. Yeah. So you have to have a whatever stable form of income you can think of, if you, especially if you're, uh, you know, if you need to have it to live, because if if you were like me and you were 19 and you were just a college student, 
I was very fortunate because I, I was I was dependent on my family to help me out with that kind of stuff. Of course, you know there was the jobs, there was other things. But if you if you're like a family member, if you're uh, if you have kids to feed, if you have uh, rent to pay, and all this kind of stuff, you can't just get into blogging and be like, well, I'll just have a successful blog, and that's going to pay for it. No, you do that on the side. So uh, yeah, you know I got to be honest, I have a very short memory span what was the original question you know i'm the exact same way i'll get off into a tangent and then realize why am i here again what (laughs) anyway no the question was like basically what are some hacks that maybe you've used in order to remain consistent with blogging and uh, the first one you mentioned was you know it takes money to make money to a certain extent so if you have money coming in it allows you to focus on something else so that so that as that's building you're not like pulling your hair out thinking where you're going to get your next meal from right Right. Well, okay. The, honestly, the, it's ironic, but if you said the word hack and people think of like shortcuts or like little tips and stuff like that, to be honest with you, the best hack I've ever found for success online, not just in the blogging world, is literally passion. It really is hmm. because that carries you through in more ways than you can even begin to imagine. And only after you have a successful blog and you see how much easier the process is when you feel that with your passion, do you understand all the pitfalls that you've avoided that 99% of people have? No. So, I, yeah. And that's actually yeah. really good. So the number one thing is passion. I can definitely like agree with that. You know, we've, we've talked about a couple of instances where both of us have started things and we're just like, ah, it didn't necessarily work out. But when you have the passion, it covers over a multitude of sins, does it not? <laughs> because it makes you, it, when, when what is it, the rose-colored glasses, right? And the cool thing is, once you've actually made it that very first time, you've actually created a blog that's earning an income, it's infinitely easier, infinitely easier to do it a second, third, fourth, fifth time. It's just that first time when you're running through it and you're like, am I doing this right? Is this working? Is it not going to work? Am I wasting my time? You know, I, I think the first site that I created, it started earning an income, ironically, within like the first couple of weeks that, that I did it. But Dude, you were in the rare echelon yeah, yeah. <laughs> that has that. I, that. That's crazy. That's good, good for you, man. Well, that awesome. wasn't that wasn't after a couple of blogs that I started that didn't do well, but I started a brand new site. Rather than just depending on instruction from everybody else, I found mm-hmm. like one source with WA really one source to uh, of type of uh, training and followed it. And within a couple of weeks after I finally had like a set of instructions, the yellow brick road that I actually start making an income from it. And I'm just like you. I forgot why I brought this up to begin with. But the passion, <laughs> no, no, but the passion is what but the passion was there because I did love the subject. I did like talking about it. So even when things got slow, even when things got tough, I believe most people stop doing stuff, you know, two, three, four months in. And really if you keep pushing, you start to see some really good success around five to six to seven months in. You just have to keep pushing with it through that that ghost town phase, I like to call it sometimes. So I guess how would you, you know, as someone who has created multiple blogs, has made, you know, this income online, what would you say to somebody who might be in that, you know, phase in between just getting started and making their first buck? So just like I said before, um, isolate that niche that you're passionate about, see if it's popular. Um, and then uh, you have to have good sources for that, too. So like your sources, my sources for understanding what a niche actually is and how to determine if it's profitable. Um, we, we show you how to do that properly because a lot of people choose subjects that aren't niches. But anyway, helping people isolate that niche. And once you find that niche, understand that you're going to have to blog for at least five to six months before you start to see a return on that. Because we know about the whole Google sandbox thing and the fact that when you have a new website, it typically takes around the five, six mark for most websites to get over that hump where Google is like, okay, we can trust this website. We can start kicking up the rankings a little bit more. And the thing is, I like to think of it as like um, some sort of, uh, oh my God, like I'm having basic words just just drop out of my, you know, what's funny is you mentioned your boxing niche uh, site yeah. that you were making and many people don't know this, but when you use like really cheap gloves, which I used to, when I was practicing martial arts, they have this fabric that made my nose itch. So when, so I feel like when you mentioned this, it kind of brought this unconscious <laughs> memory of it. So I keep itching my nose as we're talking about this. 
but <laughs> it's really, it's really strange. Man. <laughs> but yeah, the, the five, six mark is uh, sort of like an, in, in um, you know, when you work as uh, what, do you, what do you call it? What do you call it? Where you work for a job and you don't get paid for it uh, in, in like internship. internship. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like an internship with Google for the five, six months. But during that time, you have to prove your blog's worth to Google by writing awesome content. And if you're passionate about it, you're going to be much more likely to do that. And by the time you get through that five, six month mark, if you understand that this is what it takes to do it, you're not going to be going down the, this dark road thinking, what's the next step? I don't know how much longer I can keep writing and not getting any results. But if you know that you have to cross that five, six mark and that Google is grading you during that period and you need to pass it, that's what's going to keep you going. So again, passion is really the source of all this that's going to yeah. bring you over that hump. Now, passion, is that's a big deal. I totally agree with you on that one. Now, when you were just explaining just now, you mentioned you have to write awesome content so that Google notices you. What is awesome content? Okay, that's that's a great question. So, um, okay, uh, let's. It's, it's about living what it is that you're writing about, about having personal experience with stuff that people are interested in, that they have questions on, that they have problems with, you have the solutions to. So, for example, let's say, for instance, that once again, I bring up my drone thing. I actually do have a side about that, but I just didn't really have time to go. I'm, I'm actually redrawing it now, but beside the point, um, there's a bunch of people that are interested in the drone hobby. They want to know what the best one is. They're, they're people that don't know about drones, they're always like, well, I don't know which one is safe. What's a good budget drone? Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're those buzzy things that fly around and violate people's privacy. Like, this is the way that people think when they first get into the hobby yeah and knowing this when i write content and i tell them like no that's not how it is this is how i was when i was a beginner you have shared experiences with people as they're reading it so when they're reading the content and they connect to it because oh hey this person is writing about something that i went through that's something that i've experienced that's something that i'm emotionally attached to and you have the solution to it then you can connect with them and it makes it much easier to sell Here's another great example. Let's say that you, I always tell people that look for niches that are also hungry, where people need a solution right now. Pain, for example, emotional pain, like they broke up with their ex or something. And they're going through Google and they find a blog where someone's like, hey, I've been in your shoes. Here's what I did to fix the problem. And when they're reading this, because they're so emotionally attached to the problem, they're going to anchor onto that person where they see that uh, situation happening where, hey, this person's literally talking about the same problems I'm going through right now. I don't have that same chaotic loss of senses right now this person is guiding me to the light so that's what good quality content is when you're writing in a way that connects with people's emotions and experiences yeah no i, I totally agree that's that's really good stuff there you know a lot of people don't realize this but when people make purchases they make a purchase because of an emotion like it's, it's not it's very people make the decision emotionally but then they justify it logically that's that's typically how people go through the entire process. And basically what you said just now is that we need to learn to create connections with people. And that's how we are able to get them to actually, you know, click through and promote our, or uh, and, and purchase products that maybe we recommend is because the connection has been made versus uh, just saying, hey, click this and hopefully they go buy it. Right. I have a really funny story about that. This literally happened, I think, yesterday or today. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I have a travel blog for people that don't know. And uh, on that travel blog, I talk about different places that I visit and so on and so forth. And one of those places is an area called Coyote Gulch. And uh, it's a very popular spot for people that know about it. It's not as popular as like national parks and stuff. But there's a section of that park where people have to climb down on a rope. And I was very... Uh, cautious about that subject when I was first interested in it because I wanted to go hiking there, but I heard about this steep area and I didn't want to get killed. I knew it was dangerous. And so after I went through it, I uh, talked about my experience. I literally put it up on YouTube and on my blog on the nature site. And I actually had a sale for the rope that I was using uh, just yesterday from Amazon, the very same rope. In fact, what happened was I had a shorter rope that been needed to climb down this place. And there was a guy uh, that was climbing it with his rope and his was longer and way more reliable. So I literally bought it off him on that hike. And then I promoted that very same rope through Amazon in the YouTube video and on my blog post. And it now just made a sale yesterday or today. Yeah. And, that, and see that you're living the niche. You have the passion for it. You're out there yeah. doing it, so you're enjoying it, and then you're just taking an information and just plopping it 
you know, in text format <laughs> or the, the blog way, and earning an income from it. That, that's, that's, that's amazing to me. Well, emotional connection can also be like, I don't want to die. So I can also <laughs> sell things as well. Yeah, just do it right by sheer fear. You like yeah, buy this or you die. That. that really does. That's that's one of the most powerful emotional triggers people have. Yeah, and I mean, as long as it's legitimate, you know, and you're not just manufacturing it to sell, then yeah, it's definitely something that you would want to do. Because if I'm going to be going out there and using anything to try to survive, you know, I'm I'm hiking or I'm doing this or I'm doing that, and hey, you recommend rope to me? Well, this guy did it. He's out there doing it. He used this exact same rope and he's here to live the tale to tell yeah. me about it then, i'm alive thanks to this rope <laughs> exactly so i'm going to naturally be more inclined to get that rope just because exactly. of what you had to say exactly you have you have a foot in the actual subject like you, you have a skin in the game as they say you know what i mean yeah exactly and that, that and that difference and that connection there is so different than just going online and Googling a phrase, finding a whole bunch of message boards, and then trying to compile your own little, you know, synopsis of what's going on, because it's not authentic. It's not genuine. Right. Too many people speak in theories rather than practice. Yeah. And you want to speak to people that have lived it, experienced it, and solved whatever it is that you're looking to, to do. And here, that's another thing, by the way. It's very important to understand that if you're going to succeed in blogging, you have to have a certain intent behind what it is you're blogging about, because people don't just you know, search for stuff on Google. There's always intent in mind. And it's usually to find an answer to something. And that could be an emotional problem, a place they're interested in visiting, what to see if they're going somewhere, just various other kinds of things like a drone review and if it's good to buy. So if you write content that answers these questions, you're already much more likely to find a targeted audience that's going to buy stuff from you. Yeah. And intent is one of the big things that I preach, like so much. You need to have, you can't just write something to get to get it off your chest you know it has to have a reason why you're creating that content and you know sometimes i get the question you know is blogging dead you know it, and in my opinion the version of blogging where you're just writing about what you did today and what you're talking about or what you did yesterday that type of blogging is dead okay in I my agree. opinion that type it's of like blogging we, is dead it's like getting likes on social media it's worthless it's worthless, and they're getting rid of it. I think I just saw a report a couple of days ago. Facebook's getting rid of the likes or something, if they hadn't already. And another platform is going to be getting rid of the like button on stuff. They should, they should have just added a dislike button. That would filter it out very quickly. <laughs> yeah, well, they have one on YouTube. Maybe Google has it together more than uh, Facebook does at the point at the moment. I just wish YouTube would do a better job of like seeing what their users like more and. Uh... Yeah. Well, you know, they have been trying. I've noticed that if I after I watch a video, a certain one, I'll get a thing that how did this video make you feel? Which I thought was an interesting question. It wasn't like, did you yes. like this video? Yes. Did you not like this video? Is how did this video make you feel? Were you you felt great? You felt awesome? You felt like crap? You know, just, just depending. How did you feel after you watched this video? So it seems Google is going for that emotional factor. They're going for how are people feeling when they watch this video, so that we know what they're not just thinking, but feelings so that we can suggest more stuff to them. I agree. I agree. And the more that they do that and the more that they crank out content to their users of whatever interest that they're into uh, based on those emotions, and unless they try to force feed certain videos down your throat that are sponsored and stuff like that, the better they're going to be in building up in the future. Because if they're not, they're going to go downhill because of that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that one 100%. Um, let me ask you this. Uh What's the biggest mistake you ever made in your business? Not chasing the passion. <laughs> Again, I keep, I keep going back to that, man. I'm telling you, that is really the yeah. core of what No, that makes perfect sense. I mean... Again, just just to, to kind of double back on what we were talking about, if you're not going for the passion, you're not going to it's it's hollow and people can notice it. And that's going to be a problem because you you might find yourself spinning your wheels for years, maybe if yeah. uh, and then you're going to declare that this making money online is, a, you know, it's a scam or whatever, when it's it's really not, you know, at all. Um, it, it's not if you follow the passion. And by, by the way, here's, here, it's a good thing you mentioned the make money online and scam thing, because a lot of times you could have really bad people be very passionate about being scamming. That's another <laughs> thing to really watch out for. That, no, that's, that's huge. It's important. Like you have the, the gurus and all that selling their high ticket garbage and stuff like yeah. that. And I just, you know, I, I, I try to stay away from that and preach to people to stay away from that, too. I mean, I've made mistakes in this business as well. I, 
It's just that I've come to this important conclusion in my life, which is stick to the passion. That's really going to take you through life in general. That, that's huge, man. Yeah, I follow a lot of the guys on YouTube, like uh, CoffeeZilla and those guys who just sit there and really just poke holes in all of these high-ticket affiliate marketers. I remember one guy, uh, I think his name was Caleb. He was just had this weird way that he was promoting how to make a ton of money on YouTube, but he never said what it was until yeah. after you gave him like $5,000 or whatever. And it was yeah. some, something that it wasn't working anymore. So he was just promoting it just to try to add more money to his pocket. I remember, oh, gosh, it was, it was so bad. But I know what you mean with all of these fake gurus that are out there. What was that? I didn't hear that. The, the BS artists. Yeah, exactly. I, and, I know exactly who you're talking about, by the way, with CoffeeZilla and that other dude. Um, yeah, and I remember that CoffeeZilla was actually interviewing him. And I give him props for showing yeah, up, by the way. I saw that one. And the problem that I saw was that no matter how many holes the person was finding, instead of addressing the holes, they were kind of detracting from it by saying that, well, listen, you're just trying to keep people down. I'm trying to keep them positive and moving forward. It's such a political line and such a political response to, to go with that if you have any sense of like critical thinking, you're going to be like, dude, come on. You, you got to have He a sounded argument. brainwashed though, you know? Oh yeah. That's very cultish, man. And it really is. Like I've noticed so many um, high end online marketers that are full of it. This is exactly how they sell it to you. They never tell you what it is. They never tell you what's required. No real realistic talk. They just sell you based on emotion. Imagine this lifestyle and they show themselves in their rented car. And you're projecting yourself kind of into it and everything. It, yeah. Exactly. They, they really are con artists, man. I'm not going to name any names, of course, but you have to look for these things. You really do. And authenticity is huge, man. And the more you try to like, you know, like you could put lipstick, lipstick on a pig, man, but it's still a pig, even if it's rich. You know what I mean? No, so <laughs> no, that's real facts right there. Cause I remember when I first started the Benji's dad brand, uh, basically the YouTube channel, more specifically, one way that I differentiated myself from everybody else was just being a little more honest than everybody else was being. And I wasn't even trying or attempting to do that to begin with. It just I was going to be a little more straight with people saying, hey, you know, you know, you're not going to be a millionaire overnight with this. But if you stick to it, it can literally change your life. And people responded to that message and the channel blew up. And I, it, it, I think we're, we live in a world where it, that's actually kind of sad, where being honest is a differentiator, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, how is it? OK, how is it that, that you project yourself to your audience? Like, what do you think that you do? that shows that hey i'm i'm really here with you trying to help you do the exact same thing that i'm doing honestly man uh so what you said about being authentic and the fact that you have people uh, commenting on that very positively for yeah. you that's the same thing for me because i've been building websites for a long time and i decided to build helpinghandaffiliate.com to basically be like my main legacy moving forward where i just i'm i'm keeping it real with people i'm telling them how it works and what I've found is that the more authentic and sincere you are, you keep it real, you're going to have less, yeah, you, I wouldn't say less, but you're, you're going to have less people opt in and do that kind of stuff. But you're going to have more, uh, the smaller audience that does opt in and, you know, go with your message, they're going to be the long-term clients that you need to make a good income. So yeah. you shouldn't be chasing the quantity of people and traffic. You should be chasing the quality of it. Another area that that transfers over into in my personal life is I do self-defense training and I teach people and I'm extremely passionate about it. Anyone that knows me and knows how I teach people, they always talk about that passion, how my eyes light up when I talk about it, how I teach it, how I train it, practice, I live it. And so when I work with people, I put my stuff up on places like Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. And even if I just get one person messaging me on DM, that's a potentially lifelong client right there. And I don't need that many clients to make a passive income from that particular subject. So you're keeping it real. You don't have any kind of, uh, you know, oh, why am I scamming people? Am I being inauthentic? You don't have those like, um, if, I mean, if you have any kind of decency, of course, you're not going to be in, uh, you know, was, I almost said a bad word right now. But <laughs> you get what I'm saying. If you're being authentic, you're going to get less people. But those less people are going to be the most qualified leads you get in life. No, I, I agree with that as well. I have many uh, people who have been following me for years and still, you know, purchase things that I recommend. Um, when I launched uh, one of my trainings last year, um, a lot of the very first people who jumped in were the people who I had created connections with three and four years previous. And they were still on my email list. They still and I sent I sent a lot of emails. I sent emails almost every day. And, 
you know, they still read them. They still open them because I try my best to provide some type of value. So that's really the, the huge part of that, because you're not just trying to get as much money as you can right now. You're trying to make lifelong customers just like you've been able to do with uh, the self-defense training. You know, you get fewer customers, but you get higher quality customers. And then after that, word of mouth just kind of takes off. You know, that's word of mouth is huge, man. That's, yeah. that's another huge thing. I actually had someone ask me recently. They're building a new brand for their um, um, they're basically building an agency for fighters. It's a very revolutionary idea in the fighting subject, the fighting world. And he, you know, he knew that I was an internet marketer. So he started asking me a bunch of questions about ads and all this kind of stuff. And I just didn't have the time to help him out personally. I'd have to charge him a lot for it anyway. And I told him like straight up, like, dude, you just focus on getting a few clients, you help them build their name and then let their word of mouth get more leads to you. Mm-hmm. And that was huge. He, yeah, like I talked to him recently. He's like, yeah, man, it's grown up little by little. And it's literally word of mouth that's taking the business to that next level. And what you said about, you know, clients coming back years after the fact, the fact that they that you inspired them in the very beginning by being authentic and sincere. That's that long term thing that I was telling you about, man. And I, I also get comments from people, you know, privately, emails publicly and my YouTube channel and stuff telling me like, dude, I I love your authenticity. That's a common thing I hear. And when I hear that, that's real talk. And that really makes a huge difference for me. It tells me that I'm going in the right direction. And you know what that all all boils back down to? Passion. Passion. (laughs) Right, man. That's right. That's the key word for today's uh, interview. No, that's that's for sure, man. That's for sure. Yo, this this has been really awesome, Vitaly, to be able to catch back up with you, man. It's been, what, about a year since we've seen each other, man. This is... uh, have you been hiking any interesting places, uh, even under lockdown? Well, yeah, wherever I'm legally able to. So I'm not going <laughs> to get into details of that. Like you're, you kind of put. I'm going to oh. put the fifth, the Fifth Amendment on this one, man. Hey, no, I, I, <laughs> so no, no. Honestly, I, I, you know, I, I travel wherever I can, whenever I can. I try not to let this lockdown stop me. Uh, I mean, it's not like lockdown where you have to stay at home and stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I'm doing okay. Um, but uh, yeah, as soon as I get a chance, you got to go hiking with me, man. I got to take you on these trips. I'm yeah. changing minds, man. Living, living the dream. And at least in this case, there's some you know cool stuff that we do that's a little bit dangerous here and there. It's risky, like you know hiking in new places that might be a little bit slippery, getting into cold water. But you know what, man? It's so much fun to do. It's one of the reasons I started the Nature Blog as well. Again, a uh, reflection of passion. Yeah, and I'm gonna have Simon. Uh, for people who don't know, Simon Crow, he's gonna be on the uh, the podcast in a few weeks as well. And uh, he went with you once, right? We went to Zion National Park. And here's the thing. You guys like to make fun of me whenever we meet up in Vegas. Like, oh, he's that travel guy. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the thing about being the only dissenting voice in the group where I try to invite people to come with me on these adventures when we're in Vegas. And you're like, nah, it's too early. I don't want to go. And then they're like, oh, man, where are you going to go this time? Now, now the interest is picking up. And Simon, I give him props. He, he went with me. Poor guy was so tired by the end of it. Like, I'll let, I'll let him tell the story of it. But oh, yeah. I'm been, definitely going to grill him on it. <laughs> yeah, we did like eight hours of driving and over 10 miles of hiking. And we never stopped. And by the time we got back, poor Simon, he just he was like, no, I'm done. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and I had to go see the guys at, at another area. And I was like, bro, I'm so tired. I can't go. Yeah. Anyway. Where do you think your life would be? No, I'm just gonna it. I know I just said you're going to end it, but I was just thinking about all of these cool things that you're doing with people and hiking and doing. Like, would you have had time to do that if you had became the lawyer or doctor you were originally trying to become? I would definitely find time for it because I have a type of personality where after 30 years old, I was like, you know what, man, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of like having all these ideas and inspirations and not doing anything about it. So I probably would have found time to do it. But I wouldn't have as much flexibility in doing it as I yeah. do right now. Yeah, the flexibility, that's that's huge. Cause for me, it was mainly like the family aspect of it, being able to be home and you know, just be available and not be yeah. gone 10 to 12 hours a day like I used to be. And uh, one of the biggest things for me was I remember I would you know come home. I'd wake up before, wake up and be gone before my son would wake up. And then by the time I got home, he was already sleeping in the bed. And I was like... This isn't a life, man. I'm going to miss all his formative years. And that wasn't cool. It, it, it wasn't. I figured if I tried this, and even if it only worked for a couple of years, I would have at least had the time but him between, you know, zero to five or something like that. But it's, it's been working out so much further since then. 
which is awesome. Especially nowadays, man. Like the, the crazy stuff that's that's been going on. Like blogging has become much more of a blessing. Like people aren't laughing so much anymore when it comes to this stuff. No, no, you're right. The the, the tune has definitely changed. Well, let me ask you this, this one last question, Vitalia. So you you started with this about 15 years ago. So 16 years ago, what would you tell yourself then that you know now that you may have not known? I didn't ask, ask that the best way. <laughs> but what would you have? What would you tell yourself 16 years ago about what it, when you were trying to stuck in in college, you didn't know what to do or what to do? What is something that you know now as an educated, you know, as as a guy who has has actually made 1.4 million dollars online? where you know yourself 16 years ago didn't know that what would you tell him before he got started well i start by smacking myself a couple of times because i would procrastinate a lot i would be very lazy i didn't really know what i wanted to do with life but you know what if i were to talk to a 16 year old version of me or not 16 year old, 16 year ago version of myself yeah. i'd probably say listen go through the college but be open-minded and understand that you can make a business in anything that you're passionate about that has a niche audience and that, you know, that is really where you want to go with life. Most people don't understand the stuff that I'm saying right now because they have that, you know, go to college. They don't talk about the huge debt that you incur yeah. in the process. And then get a job where, like you, you were working and not being able to see your kid, which is horrible. But this is the expected lifestyle. And, you know, listen to people that are actually success stories in what you want to do. You know what I mean? And follow in their footsteps because very few people actually do that, this stuff successfully or anything successfully in life. There's always yeah, a very anything. small echelon of people that know their stuff in whatever field so find your passion find someone that's good with it and like let them basically mentor you to to do it as long as they don't charge like ten thousand bucks or something just exactly. ask the basic advice no no that's that's good stuff uh i mean there's, there's so many times that you want to quit and finding a good story of someone who was in your exact same spot and now they're where they are now that was something that was huge that kept pushing me because I'm like, I know if they can do it, I can do it. I would look at them. I would listen to them and be like, I, you're not that much smarter than me. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm not, not saying you in particular, but just any success story that's out there. You're like, if you can do it, I know I can figure this out. And doing that constantly really helped me to to keep pushing forward, even when things were were tough. Well, that's the thing, man. Like that's that's really huge. Like what everything that you said, the undertone of everything that you just mentioned is you were passionate about making a huge change in life. Yeah. And that's what kept you going. And here's the thing that most people don't understand. Failure is part of the process. Failure isn't the the end of the the game. Basically you fail up. You know, like this, this is the way up, that I think yeah. about it. You start like this, you fail a little bit, but then you recover and you learn from your mistakes. So you go up a little bit more than before, and then you fail again, and then little by little the slope moves up. I yeah. still make mistakes. I'm I'm not living the kind of ideal life that I want, but I'm making my way towards that life. And as long as you know what you want to do and where you want to go, that's going to keep fueling you throughout all the experiences that you will have, most of which won't be positive, by the way. And that goes for every single little thing you do in life, including blogging. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like this is exclusive to just an online business or blogging. This is exclusive to whatever it is you Absolutely. actually want to have some type of success in. You know, I mean, a lot of people come to us, you know, for advice and how to on how to build blogs, how to build websites, how to make up money online. And a lot of the at least in my experience, a lot of the experience that I have is because I made the wrong decision at some point in the past, not because <laughs> which is terrible, but. I, I a lot of the things that I tell people to do is because hey I already went through that and this is what happened to me so I'm gonna help you out and tell you the right way to do something. It's not just because oh some guru told me this and I'm just regurgitating it. No, I, I tried it. It didn't work. This is a better way, and I definitely recommend that for blogging. You know, and you have to be ready to let go of the people that don't want to listen to your advice either, because that there's going to be the majority of people that don't. You're still going to get people that say, "What's the fastest way to make money online? What's the fastest way to build a blog?" Blah blah blah. And you can give them the answers, and if they don't take the answers, you're going to be like, "Look, I can't help you." That's just the end of it. It's what I said before about finding the quality leads and the quality traffic. They're always going to be in small amounts, but those small amounts are going to give you the the actual success in life. It's always the smaller qu quality numbers rather than the quantity. Rather than the quantity, yeah. Like even something as small as uh subscribers on YouTube, that's just a vanity number. 
who cares yeah, how many subscribers you have I'm on YouTube? Following your footsteps there, man. I'm just a little bit lazy about all that editing and you know intro stuff. I I just try to like you know just talk like this. Keep it. It seems to be working. Not not as fast as I wanted to, but you know what? Baby steps. That's what. That's the way it starts. Nah, I I, I went after the big numbers because I was it was vanity and it was just cool to say I got X amount of subscribers. But after I've already done it, you realize that okay, now what? What do I really have to show for it? I do have a you know, a thriving business, which is doing just fine because of it. But sometimes a lot of the content that I might put out there that isn't necessarily toward one particular niche is just because I'm trying to get views. You know, I kind of, I find myself to be a little, a little less hollow and because they're, or a little more hollow and the trends, the thing about trends is the trends die, you know? So I, I can create a video and it'll get a whole bunch of views, but you know, I have videos from three and a half, four years ago that people are still finding today and saying, hey, Chris, I'm glad you made this video. And I'm like, what video? You know, I mean, it's been years since I've made that video. And those vi- and those subscribers are going to be in very small numbers. Like if, if YouTube died tomorrow and you started and you were on another platform with videos and stuff, how many of those subscribers from YouTube would transfer over to your new one? Probably nowhere near what you have on YouTube right now. And that's normal. That's It's not like something that's that you're doing wrong. Correct. It's yeah. just the way the, that life works. And that's okay. So I like to think of it as I want to chase the quality leads. That That's, you waste so much time in life just, you know, trying to cater to audiences and try to get that mass traffic. But if their ambition to work with you is not there, forget it the door is open for them to come through and listen to your advice but if they don't want to take it i mean hey you know if you change your mind you can come back no yeah that's good stuff man this is this is this has been really nice uh, we're actually going on close to an hour so i'm like <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and uh end it here did you have anything else you wanted to jump in and say to the to uh, the you know, aspiring honest- bloggers Honestly, the advice that Chris gives, and he didn't pay me to say this, by the way, but the advice that he gives is very similar to mine. And, you know, we've gone through our own uh, pitfalls and downfalls to, to, to give you the stuff that you're learning here. So just take this advice. Focus less on the people that are just being all flashy and stuff, telling you about how they made 10,000 in two hours, blah, blah, blah. There's always a lot more details involved in how that went through. And often it's not very ethical. So if you want to build a good business, you want to build that good life and have that good substance, non-hollow lifestyle, take the advice that we're giving you here, whether it be in blogging or in life in general. No, I appreciate that, Vitaly. And, you know, in response to that, I'm going to go out here and say it publicly. I'm going to go hiking with you at some point in the very, very near future. Okay. So, okay, Kier. Famous last words, right? Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> oh dude, I'm not taking it easy with you. I'm going to take you on the most coolest hikes that usually involve doing some really, really cool, edgy stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I look at some of the pictures and stuff that, that you post on your Instagram and that you post on Facebook. It's, it's, yeah. it's some gorgeous stuff, man. Really. It takes a lot of time to get there, though. Like, like can you can you imagine going into like these beautiful canyons and swimming through into a waterfall that's like at the end of that canyon and just like enjoying that scenery where you're all by yourself, and it's it, it's very it's it's a very magical feeling to me at least. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't like to. I know people that would be like, "No, man, screw that. I'm never gonna." I have friends that to this day say that, like, you know what? I'm just gonna enjoy your pictures. I don't want to get anywhere near these hiking places. Uh, that's I, okay too. I have the desire to do it. I just hope that my body will hold up. <laughs> you'll, you'll be fine, man. I'm not doing any kind of like crazy. Actually, this year, what I want to do is I want to start doing more like 10, 20 mile like trail hikes. But th- just for myself, when I go with friends and stuff, I don't expect them to do it. Like we just go for a few miles tops. I can tell you this. You're going to sleep very well after oh. it's set up. <laughs> so, I am sure I will sleep very well, like probably yeah. on the long ride home or depending on where we are. Yeah, yeah. Like, there won't be no post hiking talk about it because Chris is going to be too busy sleeping in the car. And then I got to document it because, you know, if you don't take a picture, it didn't happen. So Oh, oh, I, that's another thing I'm doing. I'm building another YouTube channel about my nature uh, adventures. I just don't too cold right now to document all this stuff. But I'll be doing a lot of that this year. And so I got a lot of big goals for 2021 in spite of all the negativity, in spite of all the stuff. That's another thing. You, that passion is going to carry you through the dark times. It really is, whether yeah. it be you know, an outside life or in your personal life. You have that passion and you have that ambition to push forward that's going to get you through the rough times i promise yes great advice just beautiful beautiful advice and i love how this isn't surface level stuff this is stuff that's going to keep you moving keep you going when things are really tough so i appreciate it vitaly so uh, helping hand affiliate right 
Affiliate.com? Helpinghandaffiliate.com. People are welcome to visit it. I am not the type of person that's going to tell you, hey, make sure to like and subscribe or this and this and that. If you want to come to my site, you're more than welcome to. I almost said your your son's name. Chris's site, Benji'sDad.com. And and stuff is also awesome as well. So whatever you guys choose to do by your own free will, you are welcome to do. I appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for uh, getting some time together so we can do this. Awesome, awesome. Looking it forward to great. it. Hopefully I can have you on in the future as well, man, when, after some time. It's been my pleasure, man. This was great. Thanks a lot. Awesome. I'll see you. All right. Cheers. All right, so that was our chat with Vitaly Gershfeld from HelpingHandAffiliate.com. Be sure to go check out his website. I'll be sure to put it down in the show notes. So before we wrap it up for the day, I want to give you a few of my main takeaways that I got from this really helpful and insightful chat that we had with Vitaly. So number one, the one thing that I really took away from this is you must take blogging seriously. You must take this as not just... I mean, you can't take it as a side thing and grant it as time goes on and you start to see the value in what you're doing and you start seeing income in what it is you're doing. You need to start taking it more seriously. There's been a lot of students who I've worked with that has gone on to have pretty good success with their blogs. But there's a lot of other ones who really never get around to really having anything significant to do in the industry. So take it seriously. You need to take blogging seriously because if you don't, then you're going to get back what you put into it. All right. The number up, the next thing that I wanted to um, really point out that I really got from this interview as well is uh, you want to be careful of paid advertising. Um, a lot of the newer bloggers that I talked to early on just think that you can create. Uh, some content online and then just, you know, boost it in a Facebook post or just start running YouTube ads to it or something like that. The people who do that are going to have are going to lose a lot of money really quickly because you have to pay for your results when it comes to paid advertising. And Vitaly has some really good insights on that. More specifically, just don't do it. Okay, don't do it. Once you get the organic thing down, then it's probably best to then try to scale what you already have. Once you have a business behind you so that you can have now a marketing budget, right? That way you can continue and, and know that, okay, I have this amount of money that I want to, to perhaps blow on marketing. You know, you never know if marketing is going to work out. But by doing it that way, by making sure that you have a business behind you, making sure that you have some money behind it that is budgeted out specifically to throw at Facebook ads, to throw at YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever it happens to be. Then and only then should you really jump into the paid ads territory because it can eat you for lunch. Okay. Another thing that Vitaly really pointed out that I also appreciated was to look for guidance from a mentor. Now, me and him have both been in situations where we have tried to do this on our own. And when doing that, usually we are left with lost time, lost money, and loss of a drive to want to keep doing this. So if you're wanting to have a successful online business, if you're wanting to uh, have something out there that's earning you a passive income over time, then look for somebody that you trust. Look for somebody who can show you the right way to do it. That way, you're not just spinning your wheels, okay? A number one thing, and we probably all got this because it came up two or three times in the podcast, is the number one hack that Vitaly had for being successful with his blog is passion. You need to have passion. You need to like what it is you're writing about. Because if you're not into it, it shows. It shows, especially in your writing. People can read it and see, oh, this person isn't really into it. Oh, this person isn't really doing what it is they're talking about. And when that passion is not there, there is no shared experience. And that's really a a huge part of it right there, because that shared experience that I could have as a blogger with the people who are reading my content, that's going to give us a connection. And that connection leads to trust, and that trust leads to purchases in the future in which I can make an affiliate commission from. The example that we use in the podcast was the one of uh, a drone. 
and Vitaly specifically said that if he did, if he wasn't using drones on a regular basis, if he wasn't already doing the research, if he wasn't already purchasing the drones just to test them out, then people would be able to notice that and his niche selection would have been shot. And he would have wasted a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of wasted articles if he did not have the passion that people were able to see. And it was the same thing when it came to him traveling and using different types of uh, equipment while he was hiking. He knew that equipment worked because he used it. It saved his life in some instances. Are you living your niche? It's definitely not a requirement, but something we totally recommend. He mentioned quality versus quantity as well. That's huge. I, you have to have a good balance of this because I don't like necessarily going one way or the other. Quality is huge. And if you want to do anything, probably 70, 30, you know, 70% quality, 30% just churning out content. So that's important as well. Understanding that failure is a part of the process. Another main takeaway from this uh, inter interview or chat that we just had it's the fact that failure is going to happen. Just make sure that you're failing forward or you're failing up. We both kind of acknowledge that a lot of the things that we've learned, a lot of the things that we know about when people come up to us and ask for advice is not necessarily from something that we regurgitated, you know, that we heard someone else say. It's nine times out of ten because we tried it the wrong way and it didn't work. And we know the right way to do it if you want to make progress. But you never learn those types of things if you don't fail. Failure is just part of the process. And then the last main takeaway that I definitely got from this was, uh, and one I 100% agree with, is don't just quit your job. Starting a blog is an outstanding, outstanding business opportunity for you to jump in. But that doesn't mean that you need to jump in full force with no plan. You need to have a plan. You need to, you, you do in essence need money to make money because you need money to still pay your rent or pay your mortgage or to take care of your family, to eat, to keep a roof over your head. You need to make sure you're doing those things while you're working on your serious side hustle. There's been plenty of examples where I've seen people say that they just went back home to live with their parents for a while just so that they can get their business up and running. That way they're saving money and they're still building up their businesses. If you want to if you want to learn exactly how I was able to do this, go check out episodes two and three of the Blogger Evolution podcast where I break down basically the step by step that I use to go from working a corporate nine to five job to working at home, working for myself. I'll break it down pretty simply. I mean, we it's easy to say. It's also another thing to do. But I do break down the process, and I think you'd be, uh, if you want to dive deeper into how you can quit your job in order to earn an income, you know, full-time and take care of your family, then go check out those episodes, episodes two and three of the Blogger Evolution podcast. So there you go. That was our chat with Vitaly. It was awesome. We don't usually have... A ton of people on the podcast, but usually when I have a close friend who who pops up and, uh, you know, I think they have a good story to tell, I want to have them on the podcast. We have some more people who are going to be coming up on the podcast in the future. So if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe. These are going to be some great examples that you can listen to. You can hear. You can see that other people are doing it as well, which means you can do it, too. Okay, so if you haven't already, please leave us a comment over at Apple Podcasts. It would really help us out a lot, as well as subscribe so that you get new episodes every Thursday uh, when we create them. And you can download them and you can listen. You can turn, you know, whatever your, your side hustle is, especially when it comes to blogging or affiliate marketing, and turn it into something that you can work on full time and have more time to yourself and for your family. So always remember, enjoy your week, keep working, work hard, do something now that your future self will thank you for. Keep building, keep growing, and I'll see you later. Peace. Peace.